everybody. Good morning. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about homeless students in New York City. We've had quite the interesting week. As earlier this week, we talked about the homeless students here in Michigan, where I live. And uh, today we're going to talk about homeless students in New York City. When it was brought to my attention, when my production assistant, uh, Found, my producer found the story as she was searching for the homeless in uh, New York, in, in Michigan, and came across this. It was just unbelievable. I, I had to talk about it. So we're going to talk, today we're going to talk about the number of homeless students in New York and how the New York Times uh, followed two of these families, just so you could have an idea. So really it's about sunrise to sunset from sunrise to sunset, the long days of homeless students, right? And I know many people, for many of us, it's something that we can't relate to or something we don't want to venture into. And some of us have some preconceived notions about this. You know, we tend to think that people who are homeless kind of invite this, invited this on themselves, that somehow they're responsible for why this happened to them. And, and we do tend to blame others we, when we see people who are on you know who are who have found themselves in unfortunate circumstances we do tend to blame them we do so well they must have had some kind of contributing reason to why this happened and sometimes i think uh with the society being more open we're learning that things just do happen that people do not plan for so i want to talk about this and talk about it within the context of it seems we have a national crisis in homelessness, and this has been going on for years, but we used to think this was confined only to California, right? We used to think that the people who lived under bridges were just in California because people went to LA looking for that elusive dream, and when that didn't happen, well, sucks to be them. They should have known. They shouldn't have dreamed in the first place. That's how most of us tend to look at it. But so it was single people or people who were married to one another. So that's their fault. That's their own fault. But now when you think about homelessness and you're thinking about uh, the number of uh, students who are homeless, that children are caught up in this debacle, we have to take a second look at it. So I want to share some information with you and preface this by saying there are homeless resources throughout the country. Uh, the Housing and Urban Development Corporation, Housing and Urban Development HUD, that is uh, Secretary of Housing, right? That comes under the Department of Housing by the federal government, does allocate resources to communities across the country to form what is called homeless coalitions. What these do is they centralize the resources to distribute for folks who are homeless. Here in Southeast Michigan, we have what we call access points. So they've divided it into certain areas where people can find shelter. And especially at this time of the year, when people, it's colder outside, it's the humane thing to do. Nobody wants to see people under a bridge or see people uh, struggling to walk in the cold. So there are resources. The problem is that there are more homeless people than there are beds to fill them up than there are beds. In one story that I read, the, the average number of beds in a homeless shelter in New York City is 50. But there are hundreds and thousands of people who are homeless. 
how could the system capture that? So what you find is that uh, access points uh, and homeless uh, providers are struggling to keep up with the demand. So we have to go to, well, what is the root cause of this? Why are so many people finding themselves homeless? Well, there are some contributing factors, right? I'm, I'm gonna explore some of them and with a view to making us all aware of what happens, right? Uh, keeping in mind that we live in a day and age when people do not have careers anymore. And I think that's an important consideration to make. So in looking at this, the statistics are, according to the New York Times, uh, 114,800 students in New York City are homeless. I'm just going to read it for you. Uh, they are, they, they sleep by daytime. They ride the buses and the subways in plain sight in front of all of us. And at night they sleep in squalid, unsafe rooms. Homelessness in New York City has increased 70% in the past decade. Most, and this is the killer, here's the thing. Most were fleeing domestic violence. That made my stomach go crazy. I don't know about you. When I said that, my stomach went, whoa, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Most were fleeing domestic violence. That's an important factor and contributor to homelessness. The other thing that we have found that contributes seriously to homelessness is, is poverty. Because if people can't get stable jobs and childcare costs, dudes, we need to think about this. Guys and gals, we need to think about this. If you have children and your children are past eight years old, say hallelujah to the Lamb. You, you've crossed over. <laughs> you don't have to worry about childcare anymore and the costs of childcare, right? So it's kids running away from home. No, most of these are kids who live with their parents. The kids who run away from home fall into another category. They mostly are, they're in foster care if they're under 18 and they're at risk of being trafficked if they leave the foster care system. And as they get older, past 12 and so on, that's when they're most likely to leave. Most children who are in, who are homeless don't stay in the system. As soon as they get to 12 and so on, they start thinking of ways to get out and typically they, they run away. In one of these stories that, that I read, the, the, the mother uh, suffered from chronic homelessness. In fact, she was, uh, she was raised by her grandmother and then she was, uh, after being raised by her grandmother, she ended up herself uh, being, uh, uh, after she was raised by her grandmother, she she uh, actually, right, uh, ended up being uh, homeless. So she had children. When you look at that unique situation before you say, well, that was her own fault. Why should she, that's a human reaction. And that's how I felt too. But then I had to look at it within the bigger context. People suffer from PTSD issues who emerge from violence. There's no priority housing in New York for parents with children. Then apparently there are not enough beds and not enough spaces, apparently. There is a, in most homeless uh, 
groups, homeless coalitions throughout the country, the priorities are always given to families, uh, people with children, right? But they are homeless because they don't have permanent housing. So they have somewhere to stay where they can sleep at night, right? It's a shelter uh, where they have to sometimes contribute to the, the rent. You do know that, right? Sometimes it's not for free. In, in one of the stories that we read, there were five children and the mother in one bedroom. They had to share one bedroom because it's a two bedroom apartment. It's a homeless shelter and it's a two bedroom apartment. So they had to, all those people have to share one bedroom, but it's better than sleeping on the streets, right? It's transient housing, which means that it's not permanent, right? I can't say enough how important it is to know that you have somewhere to be, right? Somewhere where your mail comes to. It, it's very affirming for children, especially. It helps them to perform better in school. When something is going on at home, children invariably suffer, right? Over here in the UK, we have council housing. The government pays the cost and they will give grades. Wow. Well, the UK traditionally has always looked at subsidized housing in a much different way than we do here in America. In America, we do have something similar called Section 8 housing, but a previous president, George Bush, uh, was the one who took a lot of the funding away from Section 8 housing uh, to fund the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, of course, and to, you know, they thought they were trying to get people off welfare. Well, what we have to recognize as a society that there will always be people who can't help themselves, right? Uh, based on importance. So families are grade one and they will be single people for families. Yes, Say, similarly here, families are first priority. So they will find, I've, I've often told homeless folks who come to me that if you have children, they are gonna prioritize and place them in, in shelters first. Here in the US, we do it in the same way, especially here in Michigan where we prioritize for families, right? So if a family comes forward, they put them up for the night or two until they place them in, in housing. In fact, sometimes people stay in some of these situations for one to two years. That's how long it takes for them to become stable. A lot of people are also homeless. I don't know about the UK, but a lot of people are also homeless here because of mental health issues. So they can't stay at a job long enough, right? Or they can't stay with family. Sometimes the families are just one step away themselves from being homeless, right? So we have a real problem with, with homelessness. And of course, it's magnified by our numbers. This is why a lot of folks in Europe didn't want to take in any more migrants because they felt like, well, where are we going to put all these people? Shelters is a different thing. Council houses are long-term shelters. Wow. Wow. So council housing is different. It's, it's a long-term shelter here we call it subsidized housing right we call it permanent supportive housing which is a term that means it's permanent because it's going to be more than two years it's supportive because it helps the person to become stabilized so there's temporary shelter where you stay for a night or two or for a few months until you're placed in permanent supportive housing the the concept is similar it's just uh the, you know it's the same concept just given different names yeah, I, I could go on and on about this. Uh, here in the US, I imagine, I don't know if you have the same issue here, there as we do here, but we have a lot of single adults, like unaccompanied youth 
ages 18 to 24 who are also homeless. Those are usually people who emerge from foster care. And the next tier of it is that when they emerge from foster care, they're struggling to find their footing. They're not going to college. So they're, they're, they're looking for jobs. So they're transient, right? Oh my God. I, I could go on and go. temporary, you know, as hostile. Yeah. We, we used to probably call it hostel here. We don't use that term much. Now we call it a temporary shelter. That means they place them in a facility until they find permanent housing. Sometimes the facility is a motel, right? So they'll put people in a one bedroom motel, uh, motel room, if they're a family to keep them together. One of the things that we have found emerging from that too, is that a lot of people who come out of that, a lot of children end up being trafficked, The children, especially girls and boys. When they get 12, 13 and 14 and 15, they disappear, they take off. They can't handle it anymore. A lot of the reasons why we have found that this happens is that a lot of people have PTSD. A lot of these children have PTSD as a result of the trauma of homelessness. Oh my God, you have a lot of that? I know, I can just imagine, right? Right? So we have, it's a worldwide thing if you're looking at it. And we still, you and I, you know, all of us, we're looking at it from the issue of humanity and compassion. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily how policymakers do look at it. They tend to, to view these folks as if they're second class, they don't matter, and they're not important. Do you see what I'm saying? And so we've created a real problem. There, there's a real problem associated it's ignorance to New York is a large city. Everybody ignores the world around them. And New York City is famous for people just minding their own business, right? So they every, everybody just looks the other way because these children, as the New York Times reporter said, these children are hiding in plain sight. They're in plain sight. They're on the subways in front of people. I haven't been to New York in a while. I haven't ridden the subway, right? Last time I was in New York, I didn't take the subway. I just took cabs all around, right? So they're hiding in plain sight. These kids are there, right? Ask your mayor and governor in corrupt New York. I don't live in New York. I live in Michigan. When I have issues in Michigan, I, I tweet the governor and the mayor here. They deal with it, right? But I don't live in, I don't live in New York. But the folks who live in New York, we need to ask for accountability that there are 114 that we need to do more to help these families find sustainable living. We don't, but when I, but big cities like London have the same issue. Yep. Uh, all big cities have the same issue because people tend to migrate to large urban centers looking for opportunities. And sometimes when you do that, you become displaced because opportunities are few and far between. And especially in today's global marketplace, employers, I've read a report recently that says the problems that uh, workers in the United States are finding is the same thing in, in Europe now, where people don't have careers. So the days of going to a job for 20 years and you 40 hours a week, those days are gone. You go to a job for uh, 10 hours per week, 20 hours per week at minimum wage or less, you can't sustain living. This is a big contributor to the housing dilemma all over the country. Yes, you, you're right. The problems are created by corrupt politicians. You're absolutely right. So they take the funding out of programs that were vested and designed to help people. They remove the funding out of it. And now we've created a whole underclass 
We have created a whole other group of people and now we are looking at them like they're nothing. They don't matter. Pretty soon, the entire world is going to look like big tent cities where people are just wandering aimlessly as more and more people find they can't, they can't live. It's not because they don't want to, they simply can't live, right? Uh, the pro uh, with zero hour contracts, so work is never guaranteed. Wow, the UK is working to throw that out? Whoa, maybe I should move to the UK, right? That's great. Here in America, it, it's called at-will employment. So what they do is they, they, they hire you for 30, for 90 days, and they have to fire you before the 90 days, just at the point when the 90 days is over, because after 90 days, they have to pay you benefits according to the law. It's called at-will employment, and they don't have to give you a reason for it. This was created by corrupt politicians who are being paid by large corporations because large corporations at the end of the day want the money. They want their money. The bottom line is they want as much money as possible. Think about it. A billionaire is not a billionaire unless he has what? A billion dollars in cash. So billionaires are not interested in their assets making their net worth worth a billion dollars. They want what? The live and direct cash. Well, how are they going to get the live and direct cash? They're getting the live and direct cash because they pay zero in, in taxes. So the more money they make is the hungrier they get. So they're going to find politicians and they're going to pay off politicians to make sure that they are never held accountable. They don't have to pay anybody anything that sucks to be you. That's your problem, right? Can't, can't do that here. It's probationary periods. If you do nothing wrong, they can't let you go. Uh, they used to do that in America, <laughs> right? Where you had that 90 day probationary period. Anybody remembers those golden days? and they couldn't do anything to you, they took that out and call it no at-will employment. It's rampant in the South. Guess where we have the highest incidence of poverty and homelessness in the South? Guess where we also have it? In urban centers. Here in Detroit, we have a huge homeless problem. The thing with us here in Detroit is that I guess the people here are more compassionate, so we actually are trying to put a handle on it. So if we come across homeless people, their resources, where we can direct them to if they want to be directed to. So most people want to be directed to it so they find a way. Do you see what I'm saying? But when you look at large urban centers, I read a report recently, you all need to go to CNN, right? You remember I told you about the story about the, the Yale graduate, the guy who, the black guy who graduated from Yale and ended up being homeless in San Francisco? San Francisco has a huge homeless problem. So people who are displaced, you go to work, they hire you, then they don't fire, then they fire you. Because that's literally what it is. Because you're replaceable, you're you're nobody, you're dispensable. You're like the CEO got up one morning and he went to the toilet and after he wiped his butt, you are what he flushed on the toilet. That's how they're treating people and human be human beings' lives. When they're firing people, they don't think about the fact that people have heart and people have children. I remember because in 2011, when I was fired from my full-time job, my daughter was about to go to college. Imagine that. So I was hoping naturally I planned, I worked on contracts. So every year I renewed the contract, right? So I, I was planning on what? On getting my working so that my daughter could be in college. They fired me in April and she graduates from high school. She graduated from high school in June. 
that was supposed to dash my daughter's dreams of going to college. It's uh, for the next year I lived off savings. The money that I had saved from working was what kept us going for a whole year. I consulted within the year to make money to help keep us afloat. My savings were wiped out within one year. Do you think I felt good about that? I came this close to seeing how people, I couldn't believe that these things happened. I could not believe it. So it made me more compassionate because now I understand how people end up in this situation. You had money saved up, but you used the money to live and then it is wiped out and you don't live and didn't earn enough to, to save the same amount again. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So when you look at the problem of homelessness, to put it contextually, we need to look at the people behind it because we just see homeless faces. You and I are going home and you think they're an interruption to life or they're a reminder that this is something we should pay attention to. So we don't want to be bothered. But when you look at it, you have to look at it. What happened to these people? What caused them to be in this place? And invariably, there are a number of factors that contribute to it. Well, where are the politicians? Where is the system? The rest of us pay taxes. So why are the tax dollars that we are paying not being used to alleviate the people who can't help themselves? A big part of the problem is corporate irresponsibility. Large corporations pay a boatload of money to politicians so that they never have to be held accountable. You're watching the impeachment inquiry. You realize that the US ambassador to the European Union wrote a $1 million check to Donald Trump's inauguration and landed an ambassadorship. He wrote, so he literally paid for it. Did you expect that guy, the, you, the, the, the ambassador, you expect him to be compassionate to anybody? How could he? He owns a series of hotels, right? He can write a million dollar check to a politician so he could get what he wants done. So what happens to the rest of us who can't write a $1 check to a politician? A $100 check, a $1,000 check, right? This is what is happening. These are the contributing factors. I'm telling you, we are no different today than the folks who lived during the Industrial Revolution. 50 years ago, people might've been a little bit more compassionate and cared about the common humanity of others. Today, they're not. It's all about me. And it's alarming because a lot of people are living on what I call the edge. They don't, you live in an apartment that you work from time to time. If you don't, my daughter is a lawyer and we were talking about that. It's a good thing she spent all of her youth in, in, in law school because she'll be able to buy her own home in a few years. She can work as a lawyer and she can save the money to do it. My youngest daughter plans to stay in school for a long time to become a doctor. She's dedicated herself to that. She says, mom, it's going to take me 13 years, but at the end, it's going to be better for me. And I am all for it. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm coming from? Because we tell people to go to school, go get a college degree. You'll get a job. Then they come out and get a college degree and they're working 10 to $15 an hour. That's not helping them to pay off student loan debt. When my daughter, uh, after her first student loan bill was $2,000 because they're expecting that as an attorney, she's working that much to be able to pay $2,000 a month for student loan plus her other expenses. 
Do you see what I'm saying? She was stunned. So people are paying five to $700 a month for student loans with a four-year college degree. Many of them can't afford to live on their own. And it is happening to people right across the spectrum. It, it's corporate greed. You and I see it evidenced in the environment, right? You and I see it evidenced in all the stuff that is going on around us. It's corporate greed. The people who own large corporations do not care about anybody else. They want more and more and more and more, and they're using human beings to get it. So people, you go to a, and especially, you can't even have children today. Having children has become a barrier for a lot of people. You know what the average cost of childcare is? It's $850 a month for childcare. If you have an infant, that bad boy is gonna cost you, that baby is gonna cost you three to $400 a week. Childcare, the typical childcare cost is $850 a month. In addition to rent, in addition to car payments, in addition to everything else, think about it. People are like, whoa. And once upon a time, you used to be able to claim it at the end of the year on your taxes. They cut that out. They still give a child tax credit, especially if you pay childcare expenses, but you need the money month by month to live. And even if they give you $3,000 back, you still pay $850 a month. So that's $8,000 for 10 months alone. So they give you what, $2,000, $3,000 back? What's that compared to the, how much you spend out? Do you see where I'm coming from? These are the contributors. So if they intended for that to be population control, I guess it made a dent because people are like, I'm not having children, I can't afford to. My children ask me, mom, how did you do it? And I'm like, God, I don't know. We it wasn't this expensive, I guess. You see where I'm coming from? So all these homeless, these are some of the contributing factors to homelessness. It's violence, right? People are fleeing violence in their homes. And then there's poverty. You can't work enough. And then if you have to pay childcare, think about these are mothers. The children are not homeless by themselves. They're homeless with their, with their mothers. So the mothers are fleeing violence, but because they have young children under 12, they can't go to work because you need predict you, what children go to school a certain time. You need what predictable hours. I was talking with someone recently who has a similar problem, three children, all under the age of 10. She can't take a job. That's she, she, she can't find childcare for the job she's qualified for to work in the evenings. There's no childcare after three, after five. It's unbelievable. So what's gonna happen to her? Your guess is as good as mine. Provide outside of a miracle, she's going to end up not being able to afford somewhere to live because you have to work to pay your rent, right? These are the contributing factors. No one cares. I'm telling you, we're going back to the days of the industrial revolution when the rich drives fast in limousines and poor more and more people. It used to be a few people now there are more and more people who are finding themselves without home, 
without shelter, without transportation, without the common basic necessities of life. And it's not just homelessness, it's not just caused by these factors. There are a number of factors. There's drug abuse. Let's just be clear. Folks who abuse drugs and are unable to keep employment can't live anywhere, right? They end up not being able to afford to live anywhere. So there's drug abuse. What about the folks who are fleeing violence, family violence, the intimate partner violence, right? So they can't stay home, so they have to go. Those who have children but can't work in regular jobs because they have to drop, take the kids to, to school. I was reading one report where the children are up from 5 a.m. because their commute is over an hour long. So they're from sunrise to sunset. Man, I remember I look at my kids and I'm looking at them. <laughs> and I'm like, if they got home <laughs> at four o'clock, that was a long day. They're like, man, what a day. You know what I mean? And I remember as a parent, I used to think how important it was that after school, they had somewhere safe to go home to and that they could have a snack and they could chill a little bit before you know the evening activities of homework and getting ready for the next day. That's what most of us as parents want for our children. It makes them feel better about themselves so they perform better in schools. So they have better access. It's setting them up for the next generation. One of the, 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 the families featured in this article there, there, she has eight children, some of whom were removed from her. But when I look at it, I'm asking myself the question, where are the social workers? 